Welcome to episode nine of the Fine Kristen podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about a guy by the name of Matthew Luque. His last name is spelled L-U-Q-U-E. For a long time I thought it was Matthew Luque, but I think the proper pronunciation is Luque. Either way, Matthew uh, worked at Spinelli's about, he went to work there about a month after Kristen disappeared. And, uh, but he's an interesting person only because he stands out far and away as he really, really, the only person connected with Spinelli's that didn't act totally normal. Everybody else was very, very nice. For some reason, 23 years later, Matthew chose right out of the gate to go a different direction, and I still don't know why. So I'll tell you what I know. Make up your own mind. So I got to say this up front. I'm doing this on all my episodes. I have no idea if Matthew has anything to do with Kristen's disappearance. He may be as innocent as you and I are. But I'm just going to tell you my experience with this guy, and I'll let you make up your own mind. The goal here is to find Kristen, get her back to Bob and Debbie Monteferry. That, that's the reason I'm doing this. And so I'm hoping that Matthew's social circle of friends will hear this, and maybe if they try to put in perspective, maybe let's get Kristen home. If they know anything, they can just contact me through the website. It's findkristenkristen.com. There's a contact form right on the homepage if you want to remain anonymous. Just don't fill in your name or email. Just fill in the comment section, hit send, and I'll get it. And I'll make sure the Mata Ferries and Oakland PD get it as well. All right. So here's what happened. Kristen disappeared in June of 97. I find out about it in October because I didn't, I didn't know about it for a couple months there. And Mata Ferries gave me permission to go out to California to look for Kristen. And I really went out there naively thinking, I remember thinking to my, this to myself over and over. She's got to be somewhere. I'll just go out and I'll just talk to a thousand people and sooner or later something will shake loose, you know. She's got to be somewhere. She just didn't evaporate. So that was my thinking, my mindset going out to California. So, well, it was a rude awakening when I got out there because uh, I went and I, I talked to anybody and everybody I could and nobody really knew anything. And, and I talked to the roommates. I went back to the roommates a second, a third, a fourth time and they were always very polite to me, but I, I could tell that they were like, Dennis, you know, we've already talked to you. We're not going to tell you anything we didn't tell you already. And, and I do understand that, that part of it. So I'm like, okay, well, what do I do now? What do I do now? And I did just what you guys would do. I said, well, screw it. I'm just going to start all over. And Kristen worked at Spinelli's Coffee Shop. Well, Spinelli's had like six or seven stores, I'm guessing. I'm not sure how many. And the owner, Arthur Spinelli, worked at a warehouse just south of San Francisco. So I went down there and I met him. He's a very nice man. And I was I wanted to say, can I get permission to talk to all of your employees? He said, absolutely. I'll do you one better than that. And he, he had a secretary type up on letterhead, please give Dennis Mann permission to talk to all of the employees about the disappearance of Kristen Mata Ferry. And he gave me the letterhead, notified his store manager, Bernadette Melvin, said, Bernie, when Dennis comes by, uh, he's got my permission. Bernadette could not have been nicer. She set up a table for me. She said, Dennis, hot chocolate all day long, coffee, whatever you want. And one by one, she assigned all the employees to go to the table and sit down with me and just talk to me about what they knew about Kristen. And she also gave me a timesheet. So I, I had all the, the, the names of all the employees. And one by one, I would, I would check them off. And I, had, uh, I was really green at this time. And so I, 
I enlisted the help of private investigator Tim Hames at Los Banos, California. He, he was helping them out of ferries. And he came up uh, and sat with us that day at the table because I, I knew he would be better at questioning people than I would. And uh, so we're there for a couple hours. I can't remember exactly. And I noticed there was one name on the timesheet time that I didn't check off. It was Kelly Straffin. And I'm thinking, well, we got to get hold of Kelly. And I was told that he no longer worked there. I said, oh, no. But one of the other co-workers, she said, Dennis, don't worry about it. That, that's not, I know how to get a hold of him. She says, listen, there's a guy named Matthew. Matthew works with us. And he goes, she goes, Dennis, he didn't work here when Kristen, he came after. Okay. But Matthew and Kelly are best friends. And I, she goes, I know for a fact that Matthew is listed in the phone book and spelling is L-U-Q-U-E. If you just call Matthew, he'll tell you how to get a hold of Kelly. It was that innocent, people. Is that innocent? I said, well, thanks. So I, this is in the payphone days, before cell phones really took off. And I went to a payphone, put the quarter and dime in there, dialed the number. And uh, I've mentioned this before, but I just want to recap it very quickly because we are talking about Matthew. Here's exactly how the phone call went. I'm, I'll never forget this phone call. Now, remember, the reason why I'm calling him is to see if he can put me in touch with, with Kelly Strathman, his best friend, or one of his best friends. So, ring, ring, ring. Hello. I said, hi, is uh, Matthew there? Yeah, this is Matthew. I said, hi, Matt. My name is uh, Dennis Mann. Well, hi, Dennis. How can I help you? I said, Matt, uh, I'm a friend of Kristen Mott. I need to get the word Mott Ferry out of my, out of my mouth. He goes, Look. I've got nothing to do with that. Don't you ever call me again. You got it. You got it. You got it. Bam. He hangs up the phone. I'm like, what the hell was that all about? It was just bizarre. It was bizarre. There was no reason to act like that. So I called Bob and Debbie, the Mount of Ferries, and tell them, and I also called the Oakland Police Department, and I tell Officer Mahaney. And um, I know that they... Oakland police kind of took it serious because my phone rang about 20 minutes later and it was the Oakland PD and they could not find Matthew. And they said, how do you spell his name? And I spelled L-U-Q. And they said, oh, that's it. Because they, they, they were thinking it was with a K. I said, no, it's L-U-Q, right? And the officer said, okay, thank you. And they hung up. Well, two days later, one of the major, major milestones in Kristen's case I find out that the Oakland police got a search warrant and they raid Jill Lampo and John Anuma's apartment on O'Farrell Street. And I was told that they got a day planner or a diary of Jill Lampo's. And in that diary, now remember, Jill is living with John Onuma, the person of interest in this case. And in Jill's diary is the name of Matthew Luquet. And this is in May of 1998, and I remember clearly thinking to myself, okay, they finally got a really, really good lead. This is it. This case is going to be solved. And I really thought, I was really thinking to myself, all right, it's time to go back to the East Coast, North Carolina. And, uh, but then they, they, nothing ever happened. And I remember right around this time, uh, I was watching, I was in a, a, a bar on Geary Street. It was an Irish bar. And on the TV screen, the, the evening news kept on hype, and there was going to be an a, a update on Kristen Mataferi. So I stayed to watch the evening news, and the officer said that he would hope to have this wrapped up 
by the one-year anniversary. If you remember, this was May of 98. Kristen was disappeared in June of 97. So the one-year anniversary was just a couple weeks away. They had just raided Jill Lampo and John Onuma's uh, home on O'Farrell Street. They find Matthew Luque's phone number in Jill's address book. So I'm thinking, this is it. This is it, right? Nothing happened. Well, in the early days, Jill Lampo, she would speak to me. She cut me off. She doesn't talk to me anymore. But I was in her house, and she told me one day, I didn't even bring it up. She just brought it up in her room. She goes, you know, I used to date Matthew. She goes, yeah, I broke up with Matthew, and I started dating John. And to me, that's major, because I keep telling you, the FBI, better than 96% of the time when a woman meets with foul play, right? She knows her assailant. Well, Kristen only knew 35 to 50 people. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. The population is very, very minute. One of those 35 to 50 people, at the very least, no more. I know you're getting sick of me saying that, but that keeps that's a loop in my brain. And I've lived with that loop all my life since Kristen disappeared. So I'm thinking something's going on here. Now, thing to do with Kristen's disappearance. But why would he be at his home one day, hear his phone ring, pick up the phone in a very, very nice tone of voice, and then he went Adolf Hitler on me when I mentioned Kristen Mataferi. Why? If you know the Mataferi, they're the sweetest family on earth. These are these, This is a good family raising their children the proper way. There, there's nothing wrong. There's, there's no evil association with the Mataferi family. They're just a could be a good, solid family. Why, why would he act that way? You know, I talked to all the other roommates. I mean, I talked to all the other co-workers, every, every one of them. The sweetest can be. The caring, so we want Kristen found. Good luck, Dennis. But not Matthew. Why? I don't know why. I, this should, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but Matthew was into this really, really goth, heavy metal, uh, rock and roll music and you know, that, I don't know if that really is an indication of anything. Everybody has different tastes in music. But um, to this day, uh, if Matthew ever wants to at least let me know why he so violently hung up on me that day when I'm just trying to find a missing girl, that's one of the great mysteries in this case. But obviously, finding Kristen's first, but and then John Onuma, what, what his role is, and then what is Matthew's role now? For people who don't know, uh, at first, the FBI, they didn't want to get involved in Kristen's case. But um, eventually, years, years later, they did. They got involved. And uh, I know for a fact that they were looking at Matthew Luquet. But I promise you, the FBI shared nothing with me. So I, I have no idea to what extent. And, you know, nobody's been arrested for Kristen's disappearance. So they Luque's never been arrested. Onuma's never been arrested. Jill Lampo's never been arrested. The roommates, no. The, that halfway house that Kristen lived next door that she never knew, and I'll talk about that in a future podcast. Nobody's been arrested. And the FBI and the Oakland police, they know a whole lot more about this case than I do. So I, I don't have any pretensions that I know more than them. I'm just sharing with you my personal experience. So if you're a friend of Matthew Luque's and uh, you might have any information about, I don't know if he's talked to you about why he blew me off so violently back in 1998. 
and if it in any way has any any relation at all with Kristen's disappearance, if, if you could just uh, please contact us and let us know. Um, the website is, you know, findkristen.com. Facebook page is uh, Facebook slash findkristen. I don't even have a photograph of Matthew. Uh, so if anybody has a photograph, Meg, send me, I'd be glad to uh, publish it. But my, my intention is not to really shame Matthew if, if he's totally innocent with Kristen or just I'm just wondering if there's a reason why he reacted the way he did. And uh, it took me a long time. It took me over 10, 15 years. But I think in 2015, so 18 years, I finally found Kelly Strathman after all this time. And Kelly refused to talk to me on the phone. But he did say, listen, Dennis, if you'll email me a list of questions, I'll be glad to answer every one of them. And I did. Uh, 2015, I, I asked him a whole series of questions, and sure enough, two or three days later, I got a response, and he was very detailed, very respectful. Kelly was just like all the other Spinelli's co-workers. Um, the only difference, he didn't agree to speak to me in person, but uh, his answers were his answers to my questions were very thoughtful. They, they He wasn't blowing me off. He understood what the Monteferries were going through. So... And, and I'll talk about that email in a future podcast. For episode nine, I just want to talk to you about Matthew uh, Luque. All right, everybody. Um, maybe someday somebody will share more information and we'll learn. If I do, of course, I'll let you know. And thank you. Bye-bye.